AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldis.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Ariel Katz. Ariel is the co-founder of H1. Ariel, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Thank you. So, Ariel, let's start, before we talk about H1, let's start with a little bit of background of yourself, how you first got involved in technology, and some of the roles you've held along the way, taking us through your journey, and then leading up to H1. So how to get involved with technology, it's a weird story. I was doing uh, academic research. I was doing work related to early stage onset of schizophrenia and behavioral disorders that happen around early stage onsets of schizophrenia and like neurodegenerative diseases. And um, I had no intention of going into tech or startups or any of that stuff. But then when I found it difficult to get involved in additional research activities at academic institutions, I was like, this is dumb let's build a process to make this better so i called a couple friends and i was like i want to build this platform to help solve the problem that i had it was when i was a junior in college and uh we started working on it and that was called the research connection and that's how i got my first taste of startups and then i stopped working at the lab and i just dove, dove headfirst into it and started building research connection which we grew and then we sold and then started working on another product and company um that one ended short by me saying I want to work on H1 more. Um, and that's how it all started. It's quite a quick journey from, from academic research to being a co-founder of, of two startups. So um, a, a steep learning curve, but one that you've, you've navigated very successfully. So talk to us then about H1. Who are H1? What was the, the origins behind the, the business? And then talk about you know, the, the impact it can have on, on the, the industry that you're targeting. Sure. So with the Research Connection, it, it was really cool. It is really cool. Um, it's a database of every professor in the United States of America, everyone who works at a university and all the work that they're doing uh, in one platform. Right now, that didn't, at the time, it, it still doesn't really exist well, where if you want to know what research is going on at the University of Delaware or Georgetown University or Stanford, you have to go to their website and you have to click through the pages and you have to find the faculty members. Uh, but we built a platform that pulled all that data together and profiled those faculty members, all those professors. It was used by students all the time. We had hundreds of thousands of users that were students who were going into our platform to identify professors that they wanted to work with to join their PhD lab or uh, pursue a postdoc or get involved in undergraduate research. Um, it was so much like LinkedIn in that like, you could contact a professor on the platform. And we realized companies started doing that. We had like Microsoft use Research Connection to contact a professor at the University of Washington. And we had like oil and gas companies contacting people at the UT Austin system. And we were really confused at the time, to be honest. We had no idea why they were interested in using Research Connection. But then when we sold the business, we were like, what if there's actually something bigger here? What if instead of building Research Connection and focusing on students, we built it, we built it better, and we focused on companies and healthcare? and big pharma and hospitals and health systems 
So let's build a database of every single healthcare professional in the world, all their information you could ever want to know, and let's help companies use that information to make smarter decisions, intelligent decisions, keep up to date with the research going on globally. And that's how it all started. It's about two and a half years ago. So it's great to hear how, you know, your own personal curiosity to solve a problem led to research connection. And that was sort of the white paper for a larger scale uh, idea, which is H1. So a great, great origin story. So uh, talk about from launching the business, what, what it's been like thus far uh, and where, where it's got to right now. Right now we have people working across five continents, different time zones managing millions in revenue, uh, raised millions of dollars, a fairly large team. Uh, So different challenges around H1. The early days is the early days like any startup. You get five people in a room working incredibly hard all the time, 24-7, who become best friends and they get something off the ground. And we got lift off uh, sometime in early 2019. And then since then, it's been like building a company around that initial lift off. Um, And so... What it's like now is like we're in a growth stage. Like we're growing really fast. Our customers really like using us. Our users love us. We love working and supporting our users and our clients. And the future is how we're building this ecosystem. So what we have now, which is really cool, is a database of every healthcare professional in the world. Like JP, your doctor that you saw a month ago, two months ago, he's in our database. And we know what diagnoses he's made procedures he's doing, where he went to school, who he sends patients to, who sends patients to him, which pharma companies he works with. And we know that for everyone. It's really powerful. So um, the scale of that, when you start to allow yourself to think just how massive a network that is, it's, it's, you know, it's somewhat mind boggling, which is incredibly uh, uh, impressive considering you guys are, are less than three years in operation. Um, can you then give some examples for look people who are not as familiar with, with the healthcare industry, some of the main use cases that your clients are, are, are using the H1 platform for the benefits and, and how it can, you know, dramatically impact their, their own uh, uh, company. Sure. So I'll start with like the pharma biotech med device. When pharma companies have an idea to develop a drug, like they want to cure prostate cancer, which is a valiant cause. They need to test that on humans before they get approval to be able to say that it works and sell it. Similar to what's happening with all these COVID drugs and vaccines, they have to test it. Uh, unlike COVID where everyone is racing towards vaccine, there's competition with a lot of these other areas. So if you're developing a drug for prostate cancer and you're Pfizer, you want to get it tested at the best locations and you want to make sure the patients enroll in your clinical trial site. And so one use case is uh, Pfizer's using H1 to identify physicians to run a clinical trial uh, the hospitals to do a clinical trial. Um, and so that's like one big use case. Another big use case for a pharma or biotech med device company is as you're developing your, your product your, during clinical trials, you want to educate physicians about it. Let's say you were a doctor and you saw patients with bladder cancer. And I told you, hey, this pharma company is developing a drug that cures bladder cancer. You probably want to know about it. Uh, because you can't wait for it to get approved so you could actually use it if it actually cures bladder cancer. Uh, And so these pharma companies spend a lot of money and a lot of time just educating physicians about their products. They're not selling it. They can't sell it yet. 
still under development, um, but they educate physicians. And they use our product to identify the physicians that they should be educating, to identify the physicians that actually see the patients with bladder cancer, uh, to know that they should be talking to them, educating them about some new treatment options that are going to be available. Uh, so that's why pharma uses it. Hospitals use it differently. They want to drive referrals to their institution. So I live in New York, uh, and a doctor could send a patient to Mount Sinai or to Cornell. Um, Mount Sinai wants that patient, and so does Cornell. Patients drive revenue for these hospitals. And so they use our database to identify doctors who see patients with certain diagnosis to educate those doctors why they should send them to Mount Sinai. So it helps drive referrals to that institution. And they use our product to identify the doctors to help drive those referrals. Yeah, so when you start to think of the, the impact, that you're talking in the tens of millions that, that it can have in benefit to an organization and and more importantly i i feel is the nothing like this existed previously am i right this is the first of its kind where it brings all of this data together in one location that's correct we believe we have the largest and comprehensive database of every healthcare professional in the world kept up to date weekly that's huge so then focus on uh, focusing on on the data that's driving the ability to to capture all of this can you talk us through what's happening behind the scenes obviously without giving away the secret sauce but you know focusing on data science engineering the platform build machine learning how have you been able to do this my co-founder is really the wizard uh, his name's ian he's built large data sets for some of the largest companies in the world largest data companies in the world um, so i'll be able to go at a certain level of depth uh, while Ian is the wizard here. We spent the first year of the company just building the content and pulling it together. Uh, the generation of it comes from different sources. Uh, for example, we scrape every single hospital and university website in the world. Every single one, we're scraping them. And we have a large team that's scraping these websites. We're also pulling down government databases of information from what grants is the government giving to conduct medical research? What clinical trials are going on, which needs to be posted in the government database? What are some peer-reviewed scientific articles about research, medical research? So we're pulling down all that information. We're also partnering with large companies, from EMR companies to insurance companies, to get information as well. The difficulty is not what I just mentioned. That's like, okay. The real difficulty is pulling it all together, because there are a, a, a lot of John Smiths. And um, there's a lot of John Smiths that lived before 1950 and a lot of John Smiths that are alive today. And making sure that the right John Smith has all that information mapped to them accurately is the challenge. Because when you see John Smith on one website, you got to know it's the same John Smith on the other website and it's the same John Smith that saw that patient and the same John Smith that did that clinical trial. And so we've written a lot of like, various supervised learning models, as well as we have human curation around the content, uh, as well as like, unsupervised learning models to map all this information to the right individual and keep it up to date and build pipelines to keep it up to date and continuously pull from those sources. Yeah, clearly a huge amount of work going on behind the scenes to deal with what is is a vast amount of data. Um, look, startups are, are interesting journeys, you know, many challenges, many unforeseen, but it's very fulfilling. Um, this is now your second venture and, and clearly one that's of, of magnitude scale bigger. What has been the most enjoyable part of, of seeing this idea come to fruition? And what have you loved most about the journey? I like two things the most. Um, one is when users love our product. Like, that's the best feeling. Uh, it's better than raising money. It's better than signing a new contract. Like, those things are superficial. 
Uh, you get a lot of, I get a lot of joy and satisfaction from uh, users and clients really getting like, joy out of using what we built and it helping their days. That's like a great feeling. And then the other great feeling is like hiring someone and seeing them succeed is a really, really good feeling too. And it could be someone right out of college or it could be someone from another company. But when you hire someone who succeeds and they're really happy, that's like also an awesome feeling. It's a terrible feeling when you hire someone and it doesn't work out. It's a really good feeling when you hire someone and succeed. That's a really good feeling. Yeah, you you try to get it right as as much as you can. Um, So staying on this point then, look, part of what you guys have been so successful is is being able to pull together an incredibly talented team. Um, So could you talk about your experience in building the team? What has worked well? What do you look for in individuals that you feel would would have the, the right mix of, of skill set and attitude to, to work in, in an environment and, and how important and the, sorry the follow-up would be how important is it to have a, an interest in the industry in healthcare our best hires have not come from healthcare Isn't that interesting um our best hires have come from other industries um but they're, they just want to get involved so I, I would say the most consistent thread that we found successful uh, you, you could optimize for certain things when you hire someone. You could optimize for skill. You could optimize for experience. You could optimize for culture. For you. you could optimize for um, network. You could optimize for all these things. Um, the ones that we look to optimize for are number one is culture fit. Uh, and then number two is attitude. And then a far three is skills and a far four is experience. Um, and they, uh, the reason why is because you see it happen. Like we all do it subconsciously. When you like someone, it's easier to work with them. It's just true. And so if it's easier to work with them, you'll probably have more creative ideas just talking to them. You'll probably be able to give open feedback. You'll probably be able to work together better. And if you have a team of people who like working with each other, then they'll all want to give more ideas, share their feedback, have honest conversations. The opposite of that is a culture where it's more political, um, People don't like working with each other. They don't want to chat with each other. It's hard to get feedback. And so if you create that culture where a lot of people are open and enjoy, enjoy working with each other, you'll get, we've seen you get a lot better output and a, a lot better product. Um, and so that's what we optimize for in our process. That's great to hear how you break down the priorities and the order in which you put them and why, because I think it can be lost on on both sides, on, on other organizations who put too much emphasis on the experience and will often overlook some some red lights flashing when it comes to attitude and culture fit. And inevitably, that can be short-sighted and lead to some disastrous results. Um, and you've clearly uh, you know, put the emphasis on the other end, which has led to you know improved growth over time and, and retention and, and a, a great working environment. Um, looking then into what's next and the future, as you guys continue to scale, which I'm, I'm sure you, you intend on doing so, you know, looking at the, the current headcount, it's been amazing what you guys have been able to accomplish in such a short period of time. But how do you see the business evolving? And with that, what what additional roles are going to come available within the data team? Because I know there's people listening to this in our network who will who will be very interested in in, in what you guys are, are working on in the near future. Yeah, we're hiring. We're growing. Uh, a, a lot of the roles that we look to fill are I know for this people probably listening, product engineering software engineering in general, data engineering. Um, and then 
what we're also also trying to fill is incredible salespeople, incredible incredibly talented product people, as well as customer success people. Um, so across the board, when we think about the next steps and the and the growth, we honestly don't think about it in terms of people. <laughs> uh, like people come secondary. Like you fill the people to solve the problem that you want to solve as a business. Uh, and so the, the the we're going to continue to grow and scale in what we're doing well now, and continue to expand in doing so. And from that's going to lead to different skills and talents that we need to bring into the team and the organization. And so, like, for example, we want to have doctors start to become users of the platform. And in doing that, we need to build out features and functionality to support them. And that's going to range from marketing folks to product folks to product engineering folks, et cetera. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm sure you've got a list of so many different use case applications as it expands. What What are you most excited about over the next three to five years that, you know, potential future applications that are not yet available that could well be over time? Well, patients are going to start using H1 to find doctors to go see. Doctors are going to start using one H1 in the way that we all use LinkedIn. Hospitals and health systems are going to start using H1 in the way that we use LinkedIn Sales Navigator. And pharma, biotech, med device are starting to start is going to continue using it and continue growing and using it to connect better with with patients and doctors and hospitals and providers and just help connect the ecosystem. Um, that's what we're going to be working really hard to help achieve. It would have made the COVID crisis a lot easier if all of them were connected a lot better um, and all this data was connected. And so we're working hard to make sure we we're there for the next one. Amazing. Well, Ariel, we wish you all the best with this journey um, and look forward to the day where H1 is uh, just as common a tool as as Google for for those in in the healthcare world. So thank you very much for your time and good luck with everything. Thank you. Appreciate it. AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aulis offer an exec search program. Aulis can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. For more information, contact mark at aldis.com. Get the Aldis advantage. Become a member of the Aldis community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all us members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. Become an Aldis member and get the Aldis advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldis.com. Dot com. That's www.aldus.com. Aldus International, empowering through AI.